Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the century. As usual, I'm here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up? How was the break? How are things going? <laughs> it's good to be back. Kenny, golf is back. Seems like NFL just flew by this season. Obviously, we can, you know, still have a little bit of NFL to go, the playoffs, the exciting stuff, the Super Bowl. But good to be back here with my friend. The offseason was good. NFL season has been very good, so having some fun with it. Over at Ship It Nation, want to talk about that quickly. This is going to be a preview show. We're recording this on Tiger Woods' birthday. 100 days fitting, 100 days away from the Masters. If it tells you how real this is to being back with golf and everything, we are going to do our normal century preview at the end of the show. But before we get into everything, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show and pod are brought to you and presented by ShipItNation.com. If you want to check it out, it's a site that I'm part owner at. You can go over to ShipItNation.com, use the promo code MAYO to get 10% off any of the monthly plans. There's monthly, six months, annual. If you want to just try it for a week, you could do that as well. But projections, ownership, tools, rankings. Lee Aldrich came over, formerly of Fanshare Sports. He's got his course fit rankings, his value report, which will be free each week. You can check that out. The other sports, NFL going on, all playoffs, NBA, NHL, MMA when it comes back around. And then we'll have baseball and other stuff to go with it. And then lastly, we did just record Hoop and myself a two-hour PGA DFS education course, breaking down everything from Live final, the three-round setup, those are, those are in the lobby starting this week for the Century. If you want to see about that, you can talk about satellites and getting in to have a shot at them. All the other stuff with bankroll management, cash games, GPPs, that course comes free along with our NBA and NHL course on any sign-up at shipitnation.com. Secondly, real quick, Kenny, just want to talk about this. Obviously, Mayo's got the one-and-done going on over at fantasygolfchampionships.com. The reason I bring it up, I think it's the best one out there. $200 buy-in, but that's for the entire season. So while it is $200 up front, you get the fun of each week. I even got my dad one for Christmas. You guys can do the same. A late Christmas gift, a New Year's gift, whatever. Spend some more time talking with your parents. Maybe get them involved. Friends, family that you know. $200 first is $80,000. The top 10 get five figures or more. Like, it's a very balanced structure. It starts at the Sony Open, so plenty of time to get in. FantasyGolfChampionships.SHGN.com Get in. We are going to be giving some of those away and I'll end with that real quick Andy before we get in because the listener league conversation for this upcoming season it will start at the Sony Open we're going to start somewhere in the vicinity of 750 entries for that but for the winners from last season I know this is now called the Century the event we're going to talk about but we have our own tournament of champions all the winners of last year's uh, FGD listener league will be going into a pool for the upcoming Sony Open not this week but the next We'll have the prizes and breakdown on next week's pod. Going to be some cash, some memberships, some annual memberships, maybe some tool sites, things like that. A lot of good stuff thrown in. But also this week, and we'll tweet this out, I have the list of all the members that have joined that were winners from last season. Going to put them into a randomizer, and someone before the Sony Open, since we're going to play it at the Sony Open, is going to win a one-and-done entry, $200 U.S. entry to get into this tournament to win $80,000 up top so that's going to be the way it breaks down Kenny uh what was your break like man you you probably have a million stories racked up by now to tell this season but uh, no, hope you had some break fun wasn't, break wasn't that exciting you know I do have a story time with Kenny lined up that I've been talking about for the last few months I will probably I'm thinking the players thinking the players would be a good one to release that one so we got a couple months before that comes out uh trying to quit smoking 
Uh, I'm getting there. I used uh, Pat's uh, Lucy little little gum and little um, pouches, the nicotine pouches to try and quit. Uh, I'm down to like one or two a day. Uh, the, the one secret I can't get rid of is the uh, the one where I'm sitting on the shit, my first shit of the day. Like the first shit of the day, you know, you, you sit there, you know, it's a nice 10, 15 minute shit, smoke your cigarette, read the news on your phone, check out your bets from the night before, blah, 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 whatever. So that one has been the tough cigarette for me to remove. Uh, I've gone days where I've only had one, and that's been my one. So so we're getting to the time where I, I'm going to stop completely. We'll see how it goes. I know that I've been extremely irritable. Uh, people have said at work, <laughs> little shit has been driving me crazy. So hopefully I can just quit the smoking, get all this drugs out of my system, uh, the, the anti-smoking drugs, all that good stuff, because it's supposed to cause like irritability, all that crazy shit. And it can get me back to normal and healthier with no more cigarettes. That's so good. we'll see how that goes. You, you uh, ever try the, the gum right when you wake up, yeah. though, beforehand, instead of the smoke, put the gum? Because you can't, you're not going to want to smoke with the gum in, right? Then you can still yeah. take the shit. I, mean, I guess I could, but I mean, I, you know, you're not, you're drowsy. You just go to the toilet. You have it ready saying? on the dresser. Uh, yeah, maybe. Wake up, pop it. That's, that's the next step. That's, that's where I need to go. I uh, need to lose a little bit more weight too. But I mean, hey, it's the new year. That's what you think about, right? Your health uh, and stuff that you need to change to make yourself better. Uh, so so we're trying. We're trying over here. Uh, that is the goal. But yeah, a lot of stuff that we missed in the golf world in the last month. <laughs> I, it feels like uh, the last month we've been off, there's been storylines for enough for a full year. Yeah. Um, so I mean, okay, here's the thing about this pod. We're going to go over... Uh, the, the the stuff that we missed, we're going to go over uh, the preview for this season, and then we're going to go into the century. So make sure you check your time codes uh, if you want to see certain parts uh, of the show. If you just want to talk about century and hear our talk about that, just go ahead and skip this part they're about to do right now. Because the first thing we're going to talk about, of course, is John Rom. Uh, John Rom, I guess the rumors were out there uh, before our last, our last pod, I think for the RSM Classic, uh, that he was going to go. It happened. Early in December, he came out with a Letterman jacket on Fox News. Uh, pretty wild stuff uh, that happened. He sort of told the line uh, about growing the game bullshit, uh, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it was for the money. Uh, he might be the smartest one out of the group, uh, not facing as much backlash as the OGs that went out first. Uh, and then, you know, he might be able to get the bag and come back within a year or two and played a PGA tour as well. So it could end up being a, just a genius, genius move by John Rahm. Will it affect his legacy? Will it affect how people think about him? Maybe, maybe, but if he's only gone for a year or two and he comes back and plays on a PGA tour again, will people really remember this? All they remember is him getting $500 million and still being one of the best golfers in the world. Uh, it seems like a smart business play uh, to me. Now what it does for the PGA tour uh, is a little bit different as it really sh shows. I mean, a couple more guys, they pull away. It's really, really going to dilute the product even more than what it is now. And that's going to be a huge problem with sponsors, with fans, uh, with, you know, with the whole viewing process uh, of golf. Uh, so what this basically does, in my opinion, is it gave the PIF fun leverage. Uh, they're like, we're going to keep poaching your people unless you start working with us. I know you went and talked with some other groups, the Fenway group, the sporting groups, whatever the hell, behind our backs. This is what we're going to do. If you if you don't work with us, 
We're going to keep taking golfers. They're going to come. It's obviously that they don't fuck with the leadership. We heard what Hovland said. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But Hovland's becoming more of a voice uh, in the PGA Tour. Um, and so, you know, so, someone's got to give, and it's probably not going to be Piff. It's going to have to be uh, the PGA Tour if we want to get golf back together where we want to see it, where we see the best in the world play with, with each other more than four times a year. Tambo, what do you think about the Ron move? What do you think about Liv? What do you think about the future? A nice jacket, right? I mean, the Letterman jacket, our guy Cust, he was loving that thing. He said, give me one of those. There's someone put the the face of Cust onto the jacket. I thought that was pretty funny. But just in general, uh, yeah, you said it best. I think the P and Piff stands for power. They use their money to make it happen. Definitely a power move. No brainer for John Rahm. I don't care what anybody says, backlash, anything like that. You're putting that money on the table. Everyone, that's the funny part is everyone said it after the the round of like when the first thing about the Piff deal merger type thing could happen. Everyone's like, oh. See, those guys are actually smart. They should have taken the money. Well, that's what happened now with Rom. Definitely a big move. Obviously, like I said, PGA was talking with other people. This is a way to say, doesn't matter who you talk to. We are not going to stop. We are able to afford whatever we want. We don't care about the difference, the rest. The the bigger one was like the, the I guess it goes way back, Kenny. I don't know if you remember this, but I literally said this from day one. I don't know if that was part of his plan the whole time. I remember what I said. Rom was like, whoa, 400 million wouldn't change mine and Kelly's life and blah, blah. And it was like, he literally threw a number out there to say it instead of just saying, no matter how much they offer me, this wouldn't happen. People were like signaling their number out there and being like saying like, if you can go get this for me, Phil, obviously boys with Phil and all that stuff, maybe that's part of it. But either way, he said things like, if the format stays the same, there's again, this is all whispers. I, have, I don't know anything. I have no sources on this. It just sounds like at least in the back end, it sounds like Liv may stay the same for a little bit, but it sounds like they'd be open to changes they obviously got that's another thing that happened i think while we were away maybe it was right when we left during the swing season but the denial of the owgr stuff they have to flip so maybe there is something there and that that's what happens but obviously he did not take the um i was gonna say take the harold varner route which is another thing that just happened he just got arrested our, our poor guy harold out there getting a dui but uh you know shout out to him good dude just want to see what happens here with the rom stuff though because he said um he didn't he didn't go back and say it's because of the money, like everybody else. He said it's like grow the game, all these other factors. I, I will say this, and again, probably take some backlash, don't care. It, it's the setup of we know that's bullshit, but he because but the, the facts are on the table. We also know it's 500 ish million, 600 is out there, 300. Who knows? I remember when DJ's deal came out, it was like what they say about him, it was like a bunch up front, but it was over four years or something, is what finally came out, is what in the court documents that he agreed to. So it worked out to like. 30 million a year on 120 all fine and dandy all makes sense my point would be though is that the short term of all this could lead to a truthfulness to it even though it's not true in what they're saying of the long term where i think the best thing for the game of golf is if and when these two entities come back together and there is more events in australia and spain and things like that and if they could try and get a better it is better for the game of golf for, for what happens with the PGA, it doesn't really make a huge difference of that. I don't see them adding all these different events to their schedule. It's going to be whatever, what's it called? The new co or whatever, where they get the new company together in the name that then they play all over the world and stuff. That will be cool. I think that would have more of like an F1 effect, if you will, of like now it's in this, it's in Monaco this week. It's in this place that week, but I'll kick it back to you. I think that's just the overwhelming thoughts uh, at first run here. I mean, obviously what we're going to see is in the next year or two, golf is going to change, change. It's going to change. Uh, I don't know how it's going to change. I don't know how we're going to get these team competitions in that Liv really, really wants. 
uh, golf is going to change. And we're just going to have to adapt. And hopefully it changes for the better when it comes to fans. Um, you know, that's the big thing and right now. It's probably the worst case scenario that we have as golf fans uh, on a week in and week out basis where we don't get to see the best in golf play with each other except four times a year. Um, and that's a shame. Now, we didn't have too many more, uh, even when everyone was together. But still, you had eight, ten events uh, a year where, you know, you, you saw everyone play together. It was great. Um, you know, but uh, that's not happening now. And hopefully these these entities work together and put us in mind as fans uh, that, you know, a lot of people talking about how there's a lot involved in this. And we can go on about this for hours and hours. That's not what I want to do. But there's going to be some change. We're going to see differences, and it's and, and I just hope in the in the long run, at the very end, that it, they think about us. Uh, basically, we hope so. And and there's going to be to your point there too. Just to add on quick, there is there is going to be the short term negatives that we have to deal with. It's just that's how things work. It's not what so you know, when they say online always up. It, it's not always up. You have to take these. It sucks. It really sucks for us as fans. Like you said, we'll do our best to stick with it and stay on top of it. Have some fun with some of these up and comers. I mean, we this is a preview segment. We're going to have a guys to watch segment. I got like 10 names down and I could have went 10 more. I'm still excited for a lot of this stuff upcoming, but that's going to be more niche inside the track. Like I, I get that, but in general, uh, you can't just have always up. I will say this too, Kenny, I get your quick thoughts, but like I really thought there was a lot of luster lacking even the last couple of years, even when they were together besides the majors, like the majors were still amazing. All this, but even like before live or as it just started, okay, only so many guys went you, when you still had the ROM Scotty, it said like these events were still good, but I did feel like there was something missing. It, it almost felt like there was an extra piece that they need to find whatever that may be to keep the excitement because we were, we, we talked plenty of events last season where we were gambling on it, excited to still play DFS and have our bets in. But it was like, if we didn't watch, Friday and Saturday at this event for the cut sweat besides our lineups and the Saturday do stuff with family and friends. We, we were fine with that. It wasn't like gripping or something that we had to go and watch. It just felt like there was almost too much. I think you brought that up at one point as well. I'm not sure you still feel the same, but it just felt like there was too much going on. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's enough of that. That's enough of that talk. Let's talk about the second biggest story uh, that happened during this break is a rollback. Uh, the RNA and the USGA decided they're going to go ahead and roll back by 2030. I'm not going to go too deep into this, but the way I think about this is if they're not going to change it to 2030 and they're only going to roll back 5%, do you really think the golf manufacturers right now aren't going to try and improve their product until the very last second? Um, you know, So by the time 2030 comes around, if you lose 5%, I bet you it's the same as what it is now. I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's going to affect amateurs that much. I don't really care about that. I mean, from the pro perspective, whatever, everyone's going to have to deal with it. Everyone's going to have to play with it. So that's my take. Whatever. I haven't come. I don't care. It's still going to be the game of golf. Tamla, any thoughts on that? Just quick. Yeah, two things. One, amateur-wise, it's always you're screwed anyway because people are just going to play the wrong tees than what they should be playing. So they're already screwing it up for everything else. And then from the other side of it is like the guys like Matt Fitzpatrick. I think he was the best example used. Small, scrawny, there's no way, goes and finds it. Will Zalatoris, to a skinny, he's 110 pounds, soaking wet type thing, is what people say. I think he's actually more than that, but still, goes and finds, like, these guys can find distance in different ways. So if you roll, like, anything that happens, I think we're still going to be fine on how this sets up. And 2030, like, I'm checking my watch, this is a 2024 preview, six years from now. Like, I, I just don't care. Yeah, I'm the same way. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure that even when they roll it back, it's still going to be basically what we have right now in 2024. Yeah. Uh, because these manufacturers are going to try and improve what they can do until the very end. And then once they do, they'll roll back 5% and we'll be back to where we are today. Uh, so I got no worries about that. Last little thing, Rory leaving the PGA board, moving out of the fucking country, like fuck the United States. I'm going back to going back home. Um, I think it's a good thing for him. Uh, gets him a little bit, uh, gets his mind a little bit clearer, gets more focused on golf, more easier to deal with the family and everything being across the pond. Uh, I think it's a good move for him. Uh, I have him winning a major this year. I'll go when we'll go over that here uh, in a little bit. Anything about that before we move on to the preview? I do not have him winning a major. So I, I can see it going both ways, though. I can see this helping him. Like you said, it still it does add a lot to it. I mean, shit, the guy's playing everywhere in the world, though. He's over there in the race for Dubai. He's playing the European events. He's doing different things. So it's good for him. Whatever makes him happiest, maybe sometimes that does correct things. It's not like he's been playing bad. It's just he hasn't won a major. It's the same conversation all the time with Rory, one of the best talents in the entire world. But we shit on the guy because it's like he doesn't win a major in X amount of years after the hot start. Does it matter? Yes, for legacy. Is he still one of the best golfers in the entire world doing his thing? Yes. So it's like you, you can put it both ways. Hopefully it's what, uh, you know, he's happy and it's what he wants, clearly, so good for him, but not much else on that. I still did not put him into my major pool for getting the job done this year either, but again, the pool is just so tough because, like you said, everyone's coming back together at these majors. And uh, live golfers, I think that was our last topic, have actually been playing pretty good, winning, winning events, right? So you got uh, you got some guys winning events and back-to-back events and things like that five events in the yeah. fall that the live guys have won i think neiman won one burmese won a couple usti won a couple uh these guys like they don't suck <laughs> you know what i'm saying they're, they're still great players uh going out there uh let's talk about this upcoming year just a little bit before we get into the major talk who do you have coming out this year that maybe people aren't talking about some guys that you think that can make a run this season that aren't your typical top tier type names yeah, we can't talk about Ludwig here, by the way. Just to gotta erase that one real quick. This guy already stepped onto the scene. You know what it is. I mean, he can break tons of slates this year, I think, the way he's been playing and just how good this talent truly is. But here's one for you, Kenny. I thought this one up. A DFS darling candidate. The acronym would be ADDC, Adrian Dumont de Chassart, I think is the name, or I don't know how you exactly say it, but either way, ADDC is gonna be a guy that people are definitely talking about. I'll just roll through the list, and if you want to add more pieces, because I'm sure some of them crosses over, I think uh, Minwoo Lee, we saw popping off. More people are finding out about him. Obviously, we know about him, but more people are going to find out about him. Akshay, I think, is priming up for a big year. Already got the job done last year over poor Patrick Rogers, but, uh, you know, Akshay is going to be on the scene plenty. The Hajgard twins. I know you could say Cootie twins, but I'm just going to stick with Pearson. I think he's the guy. Um, but by the way, Panda, 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 my guy, Norman, he's back, he's back. And he's, he's rolling back. He was some nice form to end the season, a win, all that stuff out there on the corn Ferry tour and then missing a bunch of guys. I'm sure. But another one, our guy bear off got me pretty heavy on it. There's like a, I forget the exact signaling on this one. I got to go find it here real quick. His name is David Ford. And there was something on him that I had earlier that I wanted to find. It, it said, there may not be an amateur event that is a better predictor of pro success than the Jones Cup. And it's brought out, guy. he won that event in 2023. And some of the previous winners, Justin Thomas, Ludwig, Corey Connors, Akshay, Bo Hostler, and then back before you had Kyle Stanley. Uh, also, his, uh, so what his is other guys, uh, David Ford, tri- tried, tested, and true. David Ford, y- young gunner. And then 
uh, teammates of his and also two other guys to watch, Nick Dunlap and Gordon Sargent. We obviously were watching him back at the Masters. It ended up being Sam Bennett, who was uh, the turner. I posted that out. Everyone was on Gordon. It was the, the guy looking back with the girl, you know, that that little meme and looking at, uh, at Bennett there. But Dunlap and Sargent were the two others I had on my list. What guys do you got on yours? I like that you went with the more obscure guys because I didn't go in that route. I'm going guys who are just on the verge who I think are going to be able to get up to the next echelon. I think I think uh, one of them is going to be your Canadians. Uh, the Canadians have been having an extremely good run here in the last 18 months. Uh, playing exceptionally good golf, their talent is very high. I think Corey Connors takes the next step. Um, I think Corey Connors is going to compete in the majors. I think he's going to c- contend at Augusta. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year, multiple wins. Uh, I think Corey, with his iron game being that strong, just just get a little bit better in putting, which you've seen glimpses of him improving just a touch uh, in the past year. Uh, I think that's somebody who can come in uh, and get his game going uh, and, and move up to the next level. Maybe not elite, but somewhere just right below uh, that. I think he can get in that get into that situation. Vincent Norman uh, is a guy, a bomber young guy who's coming in already won on the DP World Tour uh, a few months ago uh, is is a win- proven winner comes in I, I like him this week uh as as a 6k play I think he's another guy who could take a step up I think it's time for Terrell Hatton and Max Homa to start doing well at majors uh we know that their game I mean Hatton probably had one of the best seasons last year without a win uh probably when it comes down to it uh very very consistent one of his most consistent best seasons on tour um, I think his next step is a major. Hasn't been great, Adam. Um, but, you know, hopefully he could take that next step. And same with Homa. Uh, you know, hopefully he could take that next step in the majors because you know the talent's there. You know, any given week he has a talent to be the best in the world. Now it's time to show it on a big stage. Finally, this one is almost an elite player who I think is time. I think the way everything's surrounding him right now, I think can lead to a hell of a season. And that's Patrick Cantlay. Um, I think he could, I think he, sort of relishes the role of villain uh, like Patrick Green once did. Remember what happened at the Ryder Cup? Uh, once once everyone you know, came down on him and started talking all this shit about the hat, the dude went out there just straight up fucking bald, right? He took that he took that negative energy that people were giving him and used that in his game like we've seen guys that we, a lot of people don't like do, a.k.a. Patrick Green. He could be the next Patrick Green out there. Get that major win. Uh, I think Cantley's going to have a big year. Uh, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that uh, because they're not the, the biggest fan uh, of him. Uh, but I think he's gonna have a big year. Guys right. named Patrick. Guys named Patrick. You love Patrick villains. I, I like Patrick villains. Don't I, forget about Reed. I'm gonna be a fan. I'm gonna be rooting for only one of the few. Uh, let's get to the big part. Let's get to the majors. Um, who you? We'll start with the Masters. Tampa. One at a time. One at a time. Like we always. Tambo, you're picked to win the Masters. I was going to, now you got me thinking when you just set it back. It's definitely not this, but if there was a major, I see him winning. I know it's crazy, but it would be the Masters is Corey Connors. The guy you brought up. Yeah. Funny yep. enough, like it's yep. the Mike Weir green jacket, the the next Canadian to step up and get the job done. I could definitely see it. We've seen him play very well at that course. He's not my pick. My pick for the Masters is, is a dual one because it flips with the open. I, I could see both of these guys, and I don't want to mix the two, but I'm going to say because this is how it is. But I think it's either... Another one for Scotty Scheffler, and he gets the job done there again. Or I think it's where Hovland steps up. And Hovland's game has changed quite a bit. And the reason I brought up the open piece, I'll, I, I'm trying to stick on one thing here. Hovland's game has changed a bunch, 
I think he's a better player than we've ever seen. He had that great quote. You talked earlier about him stepping up and saying things on the live stuff, his voice getting bigger, but something like he had like a, like a Gandhi type moment saying the line of like, it's not about the, you know, it's underrated how much you can do in the short term versus what that looks like in the long term and all this stuff. And they, what people overrate and underrate and how he's just continued to put the work in to become that much of a better player. I think it's one of those two. I think Hovland gets the major this year. This is the one I could see him doing it at. I think it just sets up well for him. The reason I brought up the open and that I'll skip ahead to my last one, just give it now is because it's at Troon. And what we saw last time, and just thinking of that, like you talk about a guy, the, those postage stamp greens and things like that, I think it is going to be a, we know it's a tee to green fest. There was weather involved back in 2016, but when you've got Hovland or Scotty at that one, I think both of them get a major, and I think those are the ones I see them winning at. So I, that's my thoughts. Who do you got at the Masters this year? I guess. Guys, I think that will contend. Uh, Rob, Connors, Hanley, Russell Henley, Patrick Reed, I think those guys can contend. The guy I picked for winning, and this one's basically I'm Chalk City except for this event. My winner of the 2024 Masters, Justin Rose. Uh, all right, so bear with me here, okay? Um, great season last year. Win at Pebble Beach. Uh, 14th in strokes gained total. 17th in uh, approach. Top 30 in putting. Top 35 in scoring average. Second in bunker play. 20th in around the green. You know, uh, top 10 with his long irons. Everything you need at Augusta, he has. And he has last year. Two runner-ups at Augusta. Uh, here's a story that I told when I went to the 2017 um, Masters where Patrick, uh, Patrick, uh, no, Sergio ended up winning. Um, and as I bet Sergio, and I also bet Justin Reed. And it came down to Sergio versus Reed. Uh, I'm sorry, not Justin Rose. Uh, the reason I picked Rose was we were on, I think, 11. I was watching him in a practice round. And uh, some guy, it was late afternoon. Everyone had already basically teed off. Uh, he came around 4 or 5 o'clock uh, to do a little practice uh, before, you know, late night practice, nine holes. So no one was there, really, fan-wise. Everyone was clearing out. So I went up. We were watching um, Rose get his tee shot. I think it's on 11. It's that big dog leg that goes right to left really, really far downhill. It's either 10 or 11. Uh, and so... Guy asked him, he's like, you know, why should we bet you 66 to 1? He's like, hold on, watch this. And he hits his three with it. It's just this beautiful right to left. He has that nice ball shape. He can go right to left, right down the middle of the fairway, about 320 yards down. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, drive. And he turns to the guy like, that's why you should you should bet me in 66 to 1. The thing about Justin Rose is, you know, he, I think he's very image conscious, right? And he realizes after last year the success he had uh, in the season and how he's become like, the last bastion of this Ryder Cup peoples of the European Ryder Cup wave that has basically taken over the Ryder Cup and will be true winners. But the other guys have sort of gone off to live. Uh, their reputations have been sort of, you know, I wouldn't say scarred, maybe scarred by moving that. They're not as high up in the rankings of great British players. Uh, now, I think with one more major, Justin Rose can be, the second greatest British player of all time behind Nick Falva. Uh, and, and I think he knows this and he's very, very image conscious. Let me look at his sponsors. He's with MasterCard, Morgan Stanley, all these high-end type deals. I, he, I think he realizes this and 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 he's going to shoot for this goal. And I think he has a chance to win at Augusta this year. This is my one sort of out of the, out of the realm type pick for my master's pick this year. All right, so... 
So for the PJ Championship, PJ Championship is going to be at Valhalla. What we've seen at Valhalla the last couple of times, the last winner was Roy, uh, 2014. Uh, the winner before that was Tiger, 2000. What you can gather from those two times uh, and those two winners, they were both at the pinnacle of their careers at that moment in time. Tiger is coming. I think this is a part of the Tiger Slam. I'm not mistaken, or it was a year before, year after, somewhere in that mix with the Tiger Slam, where Tiger was at the pinnacle of his career. This is when Rory, I think this was the last, one of the second to last major he won. I think he won the Open Championship. Maybe he won back-to-back -back of the year. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but this is one of the last majors that he won in 2014. Again, he was at the pinnacle of his career with multiple major wins in the last 18 months, plus a six months uh, forward past this event. So what we're seeing right now, what I want is a guy playing at the pinnacle of his career. And that's going to be Victor Hoffman uh, for the PGA Championship. Uh, you've seen guys get their first win, uh, you know, all, uh, their first major at the PGA Championship. The guy's playing the best golf of his career. He's becoming a leader in the PGA Tour. Uh, he's becoming almost the face of the PGA Tour. And at this point in time, I think this is the event he wins. Pretty chalky pick. I don't care. I'm going on Hovland uh, with the major, with his second major win. win. Some guys that I think that can compete. Rory, uh, you know, of course, the last time we won here, Oberg is another guy I think he could do really well with the way he drives the golf ball at this event. I think this could be something where you could see him top five and really, really make a name for himself um, as, a, as, a, as a top elite type golfer right after this event for Oberg. Tamba, who do you like? I like this one. I really like this event. I feel good about this one. I actually bet the, the guy I'm about to say at this one already, and I'll tell you why in a second, but I thought you were going to say Justin Thomas. Obviously, it's in Kentucky. The fact that if he, you know, kind of gives him time to get his game back right, which we started to see already yeah. after all the shit he got before Ryder Cup, has come back around. So, I, you know, you can still bet him in some places 35 to 1. So, if you, you want to get on him now and you think he's going to turn it around in the swing season, go bet him. But everything you described about Hovland, and you could even say of the face of the PGA more now than what it used to be, where it was kind of a thing and it was just the best talent on, in social media. But I'm going to say the guy you mentioned that you're watching this season, Major Max, is going to be the headline this year. We're going to get a Major Max home of victory. It's funny because it coincides with that. JT has the PGA Championships. It was his first one. It was also his second. But you get it at the PGA Championship. It's going to be in JT's hometown, Kentucky. And then it's also going to be the fact that you can go bet him right now at 40 to 1, maybe more in other places. But I got it at 40. Uh, we know what Max is going to do. We know what he, you know, the swing season, the, uh, the Cali swing, all the stuff we're going to get out of Max. I think he's going to do really well leading up to this. And I think this number is going to get cut down. So if you can go bet it now, that's one future. The only one I have right now on the books. I missed all those Hovland 25s and 20s that people got back then. Just, I mean, it's just one of those things. But this is one I feel pretty good about. Uh, you talked about all the stuff for Hovland. I think it all coincides with Max, and Max is older. Like that, That's also another thing. He's just playing the best golf we've seen him play. His mind is in the game. Any course, I think, sets up well, but especially a PGA Championship where it's a little bit less of the trickies of where, like, Augusta kind of got to know a little bit more about it. Not saying he doesn't or can't, just say it's a little bit tougher. U.S. Opens play extremely tough. Not saying he can't do it. He's been fine, but just it's been tough at majors for Max. I think this is the year we get the headline, Major Max. I think this is the one he gets it done at. I like that pick. I'm a fan of that. Um, third major, U.S. Open from Piners. Tamba, who you got? I, I got a live guy. It's it's going to be the live guy we probably know and expect. Maybe not. Maybe uh, you've got a different one, but I, I got John Rahm. 
I, I think it's just it's time. He's got. He's. I think he's winning another major this year. I think this is the one. He can win any of them. He can win multiple of them. I think the the funny joke that people had back when it was I think Pat Perez before he took the live money himself and was saying I'd need a big offer. He was saying this guy is dead serious. John Rom. That is in the interview that Pat Perez was in saying he is going to get the the major record and he's going to win the most majors of all time. Uh, whether that's true, I mean you, you can bet on that type of stuff already. I don't think he's getting there, but I, I do feel like again. He can win multiple majors. I think I have him for this one. That That's what I'm putting him down for, feeling comfortable with. Obviously, he's got it done before at this one uh, at the U.S. Open, so it, it's fine. It's just the hardest setup. It's the best golfer in the world at the time, whatever it is. I don't think the live stuff hurts John Rahm at all, and I think he's going to be fine, especially coming around to U.S. Open time and getting primed up for that. So I picked John Rahm. Doesn't matter the course. I know what it is, I'm saying, but it doesn't matter to me. Things like that. I think a live guy wins the U.S. Open as well. My my thought process on this is Pinehurst in July, North that part of North Carolina in July is deathly hot. I was there in late August this past year um, for an auction draft. You stayed in Pinehurst, played Pine uh, Pine Needles. I stayed at the Pinehurst Resort. Hundred ten degrees was the uh, was the heat index. No wind. Just stifling humidity. It was miserable. And that was in August. July is even worse. And now the reason why I think the live guys have an advantage is because at this point in time, almost all the elevated events on tour are complete. Uh, guys are going to be grinding, playing all these elevated events, playing a couple of other events too. The live guys are going to be more fresh. Probably eight events played or less. Up until uh, the U.S. Open comes. And they're going to come out there. They're going to be fresh. The big storyline is there's going to be a bunch of live guys who were in contention in the first two majors. The live guy's finally going to win it. I'm going to go Brooks Kepka for this one to get his sixth major to go too clear of Rory uh, as our generation's best golfer. Uh, and you know how we measure the best golfer is with majors. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, and the reason why, you know, this is going to be a grind. Uh, the winner in 2000. Uh, 2000 was like Michael Campbell. That was the last time it was there before Martin Keimer. Uh, he won it, I think, one under or even par. Uh, Keimer, when he won here, and he was just hitting that Texas wedge all day, uh, um, you know, he was putting from 8,500 feet. Uh, you know, that's that's what Keimer was doing. He was eight under, nine under, I think, to win, but second place was a minus one. So this course is a slog. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. It's going to be tough. I'm going to go with the guys who, with the guy with the mental, I think the mental fortitude to get through something like this and have the energy from playing and live, playing less events. I'm going with Kepka uh, for the U.S. Open. All right, for the Open Championship, I think leading up to the Open Championship, the big, the big story is going to be, is live golf better than the PGA Tour? Because we've just we've just seen uh, Kepka win the U.S. Open. We've seen all these um, guys, uh, live guys, play well at the majors. What's going to happen? And you guys know I do not like Rory McIlroy, but I think what he's doing right now, getting his mind off off the business part of the PGA, moving out of fucking America, moving back to his home uh, in London, getting his mind right. This is this is his best chance. Royal Troon. It was his best chance to win a major. Now, here's the thing. like He's running out of time. I'd say he has maybe, being generous here, 30 majors left 
in his prime. He's 35 years old. So 30, let me give him seven years, 42, 43. That's really giving him a lot of credit, okay? Um, yeah, and you, you think that's still plenty of time, right? Do it well. You know, he hasn't won a major in over 40 majors right now. So his time is running short. He has to get that, that, that major bugaboo out of the way. I think this is his best chance at Royal Troon, the place he went, played in fifth, uh, was in fifth place the last time he came out. I think the mind is going to be right. He's going to go there, finally get the job done, and, and, and get that fifth major, and then really make it a, a battle between the PGA and Liv and make it super interesting and it force the PGA Live by that time to combine and, and get all these golfers on the same, um, you know, playing field more than four times a year. And the catalyst of that, funny enough, will be Roy McIlroy winning that event, even though he's out of the board, he's out of that whole realm right now. He's going to be the reason why they're forced to come in together because everyone's going to be clamoring for it. After Kepka wins the U.S. Open, Roy comes in, wins the Open Championship. Yeah, I said earlier with the Hovland Scotty, but the best part is everyone thought they weren't getting a story time with Kenny, and you just literally told that as a story. I was mesmerized by the way you had this just happened at the Open or the U.S. Open, and now Rory does this, and he steps in, and now this, and this comes together. It was just perfect, perfectly laid out. Nothing expect nothing less from the goat telling the stories. Love to hear it. I think it makes sense. Obviously, Rory's always a favorite in these types of events and doesn't come through, but maybe it's the Kepka in your story getting to six and being like, now I'm really behind. Not only that, but got to grab this one and take things together so that yeah. we can join forces moving forward. So I really like that. And it's always Rory seemingly putting a cap on the season. Why not on the major season as well? So I, I don't hate that. I had Hovland or Scotty. I just, like I said, I, I get the vision still in my head. I know it's back in 16, but of like the Stenson Mickelson battle, down the stretch, uh, I mean, there was a weather thing that separated some of that and all that, but just thinking of the course and the setup, it's just a tee to green fest. Other guys can fit that mold for sure. I just think it's, if not one of these guys at the Masters, I think maybe it's, we see it at the end of the year around the open time. So that's, that's my two picks there. Go ahead and list your four so everyone can remember. Yeah. So for the Masters and the open, it's Scotty or Hovland. I don't think anyone gets two. I've got it that way. So flip flop them, whatever. I've got Major, Max, Oma getting the job done. It's my favorite one at the PGA Championship. It's the only one I bet for a future at 40-1 to 1 because I think he's going to have a good Cali swing early start to the season, which will hurt those numbers and have people running out to grab them. And I got John Rahm getting the job done at the U.S. Open. Now, of course, a couple of worries that you're going to have uh, for this is, you know, uh, the, 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 the the people that want a Royal Troon, the, the, not the last person, but the time before was, a, was Todd Hamilton. And the person that won at Piners the time before Martin Keimer was Michael Campbell. So it's possible that those two fields, you can get some crazy surprise uh, type winner, which is always fun to see. But my four winners for the for the majors this year, for the Masters, it's going to be Justin Rose. For the PGA Championship, Victor Hovland. For the U.S. Open, Brooks Kepka, For the Open Championship, Rory McIlroy. And then golf becomes one of the biggest sports. <laughs> the, the, the rise of golf happens again. Everyone gets combined by the end of the next year with yeah. Kepka and Rory winning the, the last two majors. And the fans finally get what they want. And we get to see these guys play uh, golf together 10 to 12 times a year. That's and we don't have to hope. watch the, the TGL, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe they yeah. pack that idea. I, my thing about the TGL is they someone someone 
my conspiracy theory is someone did that shit on purpose. Yeah. Someone did that shit on purpose because they knew that, you know, Rom was going to be, had to leave or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I think there's some 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 guys to it. I don't because that shit was so weird. Too often, but that yeah, shit was so, like the day before they announced it. They're like, oh, the place was supposed to do it. Someone, the ship blew up. I'm like, what the fuck? How did that happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that happen? Well, like, they talked about it. Like, what if there had been the first? What if it had been the first event, and that happens during the event, and the place just collapses on all these top golfers out there, you know, playing? I don't know. It just definitely seems wild. But yeah, I, I love yeah. your your story here. I like the theory of it all. I thought it was good breaking it all down. We can get to the century and, and talk about this week's song. All right, yeah, let's get to it. I mean, we spent an hour on this. That's why there's time codes, people. Time codes. Let's get to the century. Let's talk about this event. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the century. The plantation course at Kapalua, the 7,600-yard par 73, four par fives, only three par threes. Um, the uh, the course is unlike any other played on tour. Uh, it's built on the side of a mound and near the coast, so elevation changes, breathtaking views, all that good stuff. Uh, the course is not as long uh, as the yardage says, um, you know, 7,600 yards plus, but... Uh, you know, there's massive elevation changes throughout the whole course. And there's only three par threes. So, you know, you, you would, so it's going to play a lot shorter than what it says, 7,200, 7,100 yards, something like that after the elevation changes. Um, you know, at first glance, you're going to expect Bombers to have an edge, but the course record it was shot by KJ Choi, Graham McDowell, and Xander. Like, not sure who's who with Bombers out there, right? Um, so, you know, you know, Harris English, has won this event. Uh, again, not really a bomb. Uh, I would say iron play, especially inside of 150 yards, is more important than bombing the ball off the tee. But of course, length is going to help. Uh, nearly 40% of all approach shots here over the years have come inside 150 yards. Another 40% have come outside of 200 yards. Wedges, long irons. That's how you're going to win this event and putting. That's how you're going to win this event. All right. Uh, so, you know, the golf course yeah, went through some renovations uh, in 2021. Supposed to make the course a little bit more difficult for pros. That shit didn't happen. You're going to look at, you know, mid-20s, 30 under, something like that, to win this event. It's going to be cakewalk, birdie fest, unless there's a bunch of wind. And we'll see how that plays out because it is on the coast. That could happen. All right? So off the tee, golfers are going to see, you know, huge fairways. Very, very little rough. Uh, over 70% of fairways have been hit on this course over the years. And golfers can bomb it out there this week with little penalty for missing the fairways, unless they hit it in one of the 90-plus bunkers on the course. Usually, there's a good amount of rollout on these fairways, which has always kept the shorter hitters in play. Uh, now, if golfers are exceptionally wild off the tee, there is some high rough. Uh, this is rough where it's very possible to lose your ball. Uh, we've seen stuff where, you know, like JT a few years ago hit one in this high rough, you know, spent his five minutes looking for the ball, found it in like four minutes and four fifty-eight seconds, and he ended up, you know, saving that all and winning the event. Uh, or at least top being one of the top finishers uh, in that that year, um, and so oh no, he actually did win the event. Uh, Hideki should have won that. He came in second because of that. Uh, so big numbers are possible, but only on crazy wild tee shots. Uh, the fairways themselves, hilly, undulating approach shots. The golfers are going to see very large undulating greens. The greens are some of the largest on tour, uh, and it shows over eighty percent of all approaches hit the green. Uh, this number definitely dropped in the last couple of years. But a lot of that has to do with a little bit of wind. Um, and then, of course, when they redid the greens, the greens are a little bit firmer. They're not that firm anymore. You, it, it's going to be, you know, target golf. 
is what you're going to see, uh, unless the wind picks up, of course. First-timers have tend to struggle here, uh, the, at least the top five. Uh, but, you know, but we have seen some. I uh, The one that comes to mind probably is going to be Tomkin uh, last year, finishing fifth uh, in his first appearance. Um, you know, one of the main advantages veterans have, at, have had at this course is knowing exactly where the pin locations will be. Uh, you know, so, but, but prior to 2021, that was the case. But after the new green complexes have been changed, it's sort of even a playing field in that situation where, you know, they, they did, they changed those greens so they can make more places where they can put the pin. And so that advantage for veterans has sort of waned uh, a little bit since this new, since the new greens uh, came in in 2021. Um, since they took away a lot with that, with the renovations, uh, you know, again, a lot of pin locate, new pin locations, which golfers are going to be able to choose from. Plus uh, this makes me, you know, the talent level of these young guys are so good nowadays that I'm not really going to worry about that uh, too much uh, for first-timers, except maybe in cash. Uh, there's still one first-timer in my cash lineup, but uh, I had two, and I took one out because I was still worried about that. Now, still, in the last nine years, only eight golfers have had a top-five finish in their first appearance uh, at Capilouro. Like Six of them were named Spieth, Hideki, Ron, Rory, Kepka, and Tom Kent. So if you're elite, you might get through. If you're not elite and you play this course for the first time, you might struggle. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, it's a lot of what you already broke down. Again, 60-man field drops down to 59 because it's still on DraftKings right now. If you're listening to this, that Rory is in, but the official list came out from the century that he's not going to be in. It's 59, so you'll see that. But it's a smaller event, so you take that into consideration. You talked about it just, you know, if you're looking at approach, hopefully closer shots. It is those large greens, the undulating greens, like you said. Uh, propensity against the three-putt, three you want to avoid that because that's with the undulating greens, things like that can happen. But mostly, birdie or better is the focus. And then really, Kenny, the biggest thing for me is some of the stuff you mentioned, like debutantes struggling. The recent form has typically been a thing. Even though I know everyone's on a little bit of a break right now, it, it's been the way that it's always been at this course. We know a lot about this spot. We can talk through that when we get to the tiers. And then lastly, uh, it's still DFS thinking mind on or, or thinking cap on my mindset is that it's a lazy week. We're during NFL. We're still in the heart of the NFL. It's week 17. Like, you got a lot going on. Anyone who's playing is probably playing because there's overlay or the opposite. If there's no overlay, it's because there's good contests out there. This week on DraftKings, the Fantasy Golf World Championship, the last chance to get into the King of the Desert. Like, there's lots of good tournaments out there, but I think people will just go with what they hear on the, the available content or what the stat sites say exactly. So, you know we'll get some uh, condensed ownership when it gets to certain places, and I can imagine Eric Cole is going to be one of those guys, spoiler alert, but when we get down there, probably very popular based on how his swing season went, probably rightfully so, but we can get to the tiers, man. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, four guys up top goes down to three with no Rory. Yeah, so, you, I mean, I'll go ahead and start. You know, he goes, he goes Xander Hovland and Scotty. I'm playing Scotty. Um, he went out there, did his thing at the, uh, the Hero, which is a pitch and putt, but whatever. At least it showed that he has... Uh, some of that competitive luster in there, playing well, hitting his irons, great, putted decent. It's the putter, of course. That's going to be the big thing for him. Of everything else, it should suit uh, this course. I got no problem playing Scotty. Now it's a difficult part. Hoblin, I think, will probably be extremely popular. Uh, just the way, like I said, he's becoming the face of golf. He's becoming the most popular player out there. He is one of the best players out there talent-wise. I sort of like Xander a little bit better. Better course history. Hovland hasn't played this course very well. Doesn't mean he can't, but he hasn't. 
Um, and, and how uh, Xander's played this course very, very well. Um, you know, he went out there. At least he played a, a couple of events uh, down um, uh, in the fall. He, I think he played the Zozo, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So he actually played something. Uh, skipped the skipped the hero, but at this point in time, I think I'm going to go Xander over Hovland, but that could change. What are you doing, Scotty? Sticking with the talents up top. I actually like a lot more guys 9700 and up than I do when we get to 9500 down to 8800. Like with the the Hattons, Morikawa, Fleetwoods, Tom Kim's, all those guys. I don't like as much as these guys up top. So right now, probably Scotty Xander is where I'm leaning. But I like a guy. I like a guy better than Xander in the next range. So I'll kick off the 9Ks just saying that. I don't, again, everything you said on the top range stands, it's the first look, we're going through it. I've already looked at some of the stuff, but like Scotty, for sure, Xander, but I like Cantlay. Cantlay on easier courses in general. The people look at the history too, and you see it like 4th, 13th, 4th, 16th, just in the last four. And it's like, eh, is it good? Is it bad? It's not the greatest, but you see Xander, 1, 2, 5, 12. I know he had the WD. It, to me, they're the same play. They oftentimes are. I prefer Cantlay. It's not just the $100 savings. It's That does nothing. It's the setup more of him on easier courses. I talked about Max. I think this could be uh, a spot for Max. It's, it's a shorter field. It's a smaller field. I know, he, you know people don't like him as much for scores when it's like 30 under or something, but you just don't know. And at 9,700, I'm willing to take the chance. So Scotty, Cantlay, Homa are like in the range 9,700 and up that I like early on. And I actually don't have a lot of love. Maybe Hatton would be my other guy in the 9K range, but it's not a, not a lot of love for that mid or bottom 9K range early on in the week. Yeah, I, I consider this a home of course. And I always say you play home on home of courses. So I'm going to go ahead and play Max. He's approved every year that he's played this event. Uh, I think he was 25th in 2020, 15th in 2022, third last year. Uh, so I like that gradual improvement that he's played. He's played some meaningful golf. He won a DP World Tour event. Uh, in, in late in the fall in November. So he's played some, you know, meaningful competitive golf here recently in the last month to six weeks. Uh, so I'm a fan. I'm going to play Homa. First cash game cornerstone. Second cash game cornerstone. Going to be Morikawa. He hurt us last year uh, at this event. Was in the lead by like 8,700 strokes and then blew it uh, on Sunday. That, that, that started my year off horribly. I remember it vividly, but I'm going to go back to him. Again, another guy who played a meaningful event in the fall. He won the Zozo uh, out there. He's played this course, of course, well, which we saw last year. When it comes to iron play, hey, on a course like this, this is where I like to use him. I'm going to go ahead with uh, Kawa as my second cascade cornerstone. GPPs, I'm going to go with Cantley once again. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year. I think start right here. I think the price tag is pretty cheap. Uh, for a guy of his ilk, again, iron play, exceptionally strong. And, he, of course, he's very, very good at par fives. I like Cantlay for GPPs. Let's go into this 8K range. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be Tom Kim. Any guy who comes in here for the first time and finishes top five, I'm going to take a hard look uh, at them. And, and, you know, again, he's played uh, meaningful golf uh, in the fall. He won the Shriners. He played, I think, three or four different Euro Tour events all the way up to the DP World Tour about five or six weeks ago where he finished in 15th place. He's had that competitive um, nature of his game throughout the fall. It hasn't really waned. I like Tom Kim uh, for this. For this, he's going to be my third cash game cornerstone. Again, wedges, extremely strong, long irons, very, very good. Those are the two things you want to look for in your golfers this week. 
when it comes to GPPs in this range. I like Fowler. I think Oberg is going to be extremely popular. I think I might even use him in cash. We'll see. Uh, I haven't decided yet. But um, Fowler, at least he played the hero. He got a little bit of golf in. Um, he's played this course exceptionally well throughout his career. Numerous top fives. Numerous top tens. I think he makes a good pivot from probably a very, very popular Oberg, Tambo. I liked your uh, foul. I'm uh, sorry. I liked your. I liked your Fowler call. Definitely. I was going to say that everything you just said. But I also liked your uh, Morikawa reminder. I, I actually forgot about that. What was it? Was it actually? I think it was eight strokes. Wasn't it? Six or eight. Six something or eight. Like that. It was yeah. a big number anyway that he blew. That that was definitely. I forgot all about that starting the season off last year. Then I went back and looked at some of the other numbers. I, I don't mind him as well up there. I guess I actually would like him better than Hatton. So I, I up in that nine k range it was just Cantlay, Oma. And probably more account, maybe some hat. That's just those four guys that I kind of have early interest in. Uh, obviously, I think Ludwig is going to be extremely popular here. I think there's a couple pivots you can go to there. I think I don't know if Tom Kim stays popular as he has in the past. He's now 8,900. There's a bit of a, a group below him I think people could get to. But below him, you mentioned it already with Fowler. I actually still like Jason Day and Tony Fina, two guys that are just right around that average price point here. I think uh, if you look back, Day, it's more before, but he's played okay in an 11th place recently he's played okay at this course in the past Finau himself just in general a seventh here last year a fourth recently we know what Finau can do and he could score another guy that you can play on easy courses can go low so I like Finau and then I always like my guy Sung J.M. fifth eighth and a 13th here he was okay in the swing season but even like last year just a you know back and forth up and down type of year but scoring a ton of fantasy points and at below the average, that's just a slap in the face to my boy Sungjae. So, got to play him here at 8,100. He's the other guy I would play to round up this 8K range. Go into the 7K range, Tampa. Who do you like? It's like a bunch of guys there right at that 75 to 77 range. Um, your, your guy, your your master's winner this year in your, in your story there, Justin Rose. Uh, I don't mind him. Corey Connors, who we both talked about there. A couple of guys that can score. Thigala and Glover, I think they could put something together. So, this range, I'll play more guys in, but it's kind of like a a drop-off after that. I'll mention the Eric Cole stuff and let you get to it. One thing about Eric Cole, you can't spell close without Cole, but you also can't spell close, like close the tournament without Cole. Man, he was close and couldn't close. Third, second, third, fourth in four of his last five events. He had a couple other top sixes on the season. He had the second place at the Honda. That I still remember that chip from, you know, the spot where we were at that the year we went. It was right there. Just chip it up. He went too far past we had that happen, but man, just looks like a, a guy that didn't really have anything on his side as far as getting those wins, but what a what a year for him. So uh, obviously he's going to be extremely popular here, but what more can you say? I just listed it off. You go off that. I guess the other angle would be uh, hasn't played here. So if you go off the recent form, got to get him in there. But if you go off of has he played here before, hopefully that's the narrative if you're fading him that you could say that works in your favor. But there's a lot of guys above and below him that you can play that I, I think it's fine if you wanted to move off him in your single entry or something like that. But where are you at with Eric Cole? I mean, the thing about this is in this field, which is a strong field, he's first from 100 to 125. Give me a ton of wedges. He's sixth from 200 plus. He's fourth in birdie or better percentage. All in this field with all these great golfers in it. Here's the thing about him, and I'm deathly afraid. He is my final cash game cornerstone. There you go. Uh, Eric Cole. Makes sense. Uh, I, I'm deathly afraid of it because I was not on him last year. I couldn't believe what he was doing. I was like, there is no way this fucking mini tour player that's 30 fucking six years old and has never made it to the tour before in his life can continue doing what he's doing. It's a fluke. It's a fluke. That's how I thought of it 
the entire last year. I was like, great story. But there's no way he can hold on. These type of stories don't happen in pro golf. It's never happened, really, in pro golf to this type of ilk where you see a 36-year-old who never made it on the PGA Tour, who only had two seasons on the Corn Ferry Tour, and one of them he lost his card, played like ass. He's playing mini tour events for $10,000, you know, or something like that throughout his whole career. And then all of a sudden, he finally makes it on the PGA Tour and becomes like one of the top 20 best golfers on tour of the season. Like, this shit doesn't happen. So, so all last year, I was like, it's going to end. It's not going to happen. And now I believe. And now, since I believe, I fully expect him to fold and fall away. <laughs> but until that happens, until that happens, the way he's playing right now, he's my final casket corner. So I don't give a fuck. Of his 60, 70% ownership in cash, he's going to be there. If you want to pivot, which I can understand. If you want to pivot, Corey Connors right there. Corey Connors right there. Okay? So if you want to pivot. Uh, so my four cast game cornerstones are going to be Oma at, uh, what is it, 9,700. 9, Morikawa, 9,100. Tom Kim, 8,900. Um, and then uh, Eric Cole, 7,400. Leaves over $15,000. Uh, other guys that I like in the 7K range. Giuseppe. Giuseppe Straka coming out there. I know it's a pitch and putt, but he was second at the Hero, playing against some big boys out there. Now, not some, you know, he, I think he feels comfortable uh, playing with these big dogs out there. I don't see a problem with that. Uh, the guy's been playing excellent golf all year. I'm going to go ahead and use him in GPPs. Russell Henley, worried that he hasn't played in a little bit of time, but with his iron play uh, and his birdie rate, I like him up here. I, I'll use uh, Russell Henley. Down below in the lower 7K range, give me Cameron Davis, 7,100. Played a lot of meaningful golf uh, in the fall. A lot of golf in his home country um, of Australia. Playing competitively, going out there week in and week out, grinding, having that mental fortitude out there and not letting it, you know, not letting it go and taking it easy. Going out there grinding and playing hard. I really like that for Cam and the way uh, he played during the fall. Wasn't the greatest, but he played decent. And he's out there week in and week out. I like Cam Davis in the low 7K range. Tambo, anybody else you miss? No, I love the Cam Davis call. That, that was the one down there. He may pick up some steam too, but I'm okay with that. Like, it can't be as much as, like, a guy like Eric Cole, and you can get different in other places. But I do think we have a pretty decent 6K range here. Obviously, you're getting some of the winners from last season, some top FedEx Cup guys, like all this stuff, where this is where they can come in and make something happen. So I'll take us right into that. I'm not sure. We didn't touch on this yet, but it was another kind of – Mini storyline, not even, but kind of just to mention it because it affects this guy. But like um, Cam Young fired Paul Tesori, and Paul Tesori comes. I'm not sure if that's public, but I know that somebody sent me that. So I was, Brendan I was Todd. reading this. Brendan Todd picked him up, right? So now Brendan Todd's got him on the bag. He is. I'm 60, using him. Yeah, 6,900. Good enough history here, even though some of it's older. Played a couple events where it's like, again, he's get, when he's getting 20 and 28th in the swing season, that's fine at 6,900 in this field. We've seen him in the past. The Todd father can get hot with the putter. Maybe this helps him out. I would assume Tesori's on his bag starting this week. Even if he wasn't, though, that's just the storyline that goes with the name. I'm still playing Brendan Todd here in this spot. I think uh, a couple other guys, Tom Hoagie was one that I could see doing something. He did, a, I think he was third here last year or the year before. He's had decent, at least a good result here. And he was, I think, I think it was last year. It was like Tom Kim coming fifth 
last year. I think Tom Hoagie was another guy playing it for the first time. Uh, other guys down here that you won't see much pop up for them, but I'll still play them, would be Spenson. Uh, you mentioned your, mentioned your guy earlier, Vincent Double R Norman. Been been my guy for a little while, too. I like playing him. Uh, he won at the, I know you talked about his overseas win. He won at the Barbasol as well, which is a go-low type of event where you can make that happen. Now we get it in a smaller field, just a talented guy. Definitely have interest in him. I had a 15 and a 27th over the, the swing season type of, type of session there. And then Luke List, Akshay, another guy that I'm always going to be interested in. And my boy, Nick Hardy, down at the bottom. Uh, I can't leave this guy off, though, because Mayo wanted him brought up. I, as soon as I posted, the pricing was out for this event. He said, uh, Camille Viljegas coming off of, I think he had a second and a whip, right? Back-to-back. He got the job done over the swing season. He's uh, he's free, 6000 on the money. So just some of the guys down here that I think you could go to. What are you doing here in the 6K range? I mean, Viegas, the wedge game is very, very good, too. I like that. But my favorite play is Luke List at 6200 I feel like it's too cheap. For a guy who won in the fall, rack of top 25s, two wins in the last, what, 18 months, something like that, right? Uh, uh, finished 11th here last year, which was the first time I think he's played here in his career. Uh, had a nice little top 15, 11th place, solid work. Um, uh, yeah, this is a guy I like, you know, top 20 T to green in this field. Give me a bunch of Luke lists. I'm going to use it in cash uh, so I can get somebody in that mid-AK range uh, for my final pick, either an Oberg or a Fowler. Haven't really decided how I'm going to end that. Uh, but it, it gives me that flexibility. And, you know, that's a pretty solid top five for your cash lineup. Homa, Morikawa, Tom Kim, Oldberg, Cole. I, you know, that seems pretty fucking good right there for, for a cash lineup. And then you got the upside with a $6,200 list. Uh, or you can see if you don't like Oberg, since he's never played the course before, Fowler. We've had multiple top fives, multiple top tens. Uh, at this course. I think that's the way to go in cash. At least that's the way I am going to go. Other guys, I like Spencer a lot. I finished third of the RSM. Like I said, I think there's going to be some big, big moves from the Canadians uh, this year. And he's one of them that had a chance. Him and Connors, I think, are the two that we can see shoot up big time uh, when it comes to their level of play. Again, Norman, like you said. Um, uh, Brendan Todd, like you said. But I mean, I'm going to go Luke List, Svenny. My two favorites. Yeah. Uh, Danny Love for, for Seamus Power real quick. He had a couple good finishes here the last two years, but we saw nothing really from him. His game, it seems, he seems like he's injured. Something's wrong with him. Okay. I right. think something's wrong. Yeah. All right. So we miss anybody? We good? No. I, I think you said it best. Obviously, we got through the tiers. We want to give you guys everything possible for this upcoming event. The Century. No more Tournament of Champions. Just The Century. People keep saying that. And I, it's one of those things. I was like, eh, got to gotta go with what they actually call it. Just like... Uh, what we say for the other stuff, for bets, nothing this week. Obviously, we'll have those back for you guys at the Sony Open. For one and done, it starts at the Sony Open. We'll have our picks on the show, talk through a little bit of strategy, as we always do. I'll let them know, Kenny, and then you can close this out, but you guys can find me, speaking with getting the names right, XFK Twitter, like they like to say. You can find me on X at Totag and Tambo. Check me out there. The tidbits will start for the Sony as well. So those will be back every Wednesday for the Sony. My upcoming schedule, just quickly while we got it here before I kick it back to Kenny, is going to be Monday, a first look show on the Ship It Nation YouTube station with my guy, Degenerate75. Kenny and I will do our normal Fantasy Golf Degenerates Monday evenings. Get it out as soon as possible on the Mayo Media Network and podcasts. Listen to those everywhere. Subscribe, like, review. Do all you can to help us out this season. We do appreciate it. Free to do, and it goes a long way. On Tuesday, Ship It Nation YouTube station again. Hoop and myself. 
full DFS preview with ownership at hand and all those other things that we have to take it to the next level. And then on Wednesday, I'll be live in studio with Mayo with final ownership, lineup construction, roster construction, I should say, lineup building, all that stuff that we're going to be doing on that show. If you guys want to check us out at shipitnation.com, use the promo code Mayo, and we will have our Tuesday launch show this week coming up with Hoop and I to check that out as well. Some news there also. Kenny, let them know where they can find you, and good to be back with you, my friend. Hey, make sure you guys check out Mayo's One and Done. We're going to be going over that on a week-in, week-out basis. We'll have our One and Done picks every single week starting next week. So make sure you join that flat payout. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go ahead and join Mayo's One and Done. You can find me on X at KendoVT. You can find my article every week on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership. All right, guys. It's our ninth year. It's a big, big, big deal. Nine years, long time. Love this event. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan.